From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. It's unusual for an ensemble so soon in its career to have such an admirable list of credentials as our guests today have. Since 2016, the six members of the Tribeca Ensemble have performed together nationally and internationally at places like the Hermitage Museum, Castel Amarongan, and the Wanless Performance Hall. Their performances have been widely acclaimed, and they continue to cement themselves as one of the region's premier chamber groups. What's even more surprising is that the list of the ensemble's accomplishments has been achieved by an ensemble of such relatively young musicians, all of them in their 20s, beginning what promised to be long and fruitful careers. Though generally billed as a string sextet, the group performs quartets, trios, duets, solo work, filling every concert with a unique variety of musical experience. We're very glad to have them with us today for music and conversation right here in Studio 6. It promises to be a great hour. Let's begin with some Beethoven, the Tribeca Ensemble, Prelude and Fugue for String Quartet. This is Hess number 30 in F major, live on Highway 89.
by Beethoven being performed live here in Studio 6 by the Trebekah Ensemble. I'll speak just a minute with Katie Bradford, violist in the group. Katie, thank you for coming in. Thank you so much for having us. And first of all, no viola jokes. How's that? (laughs) Fair deal. (laughs) (laughs) You've been together since 2016, so just not very long. But uh, how did that happen? Well, Originally, Jesse, the first violinist, and I uh, were playing together at Utah State. We we were Utah State graduates, and that started actually back in 2011. And after school, we both ended up back in the Salt Lake area, and actually originally started playing wedding quartets together, um, or, or string quartets for weddings and events. Um, and then Jesse came to me and said, "Hey, what what do you think about this um, this this idea of putting together?" kind of a a more full ensemble and expanding um, some of our uh, roles and our interests. I thought it sounded like a really great idea. And we mentioned already that you do solos, duets, trios, quartets, and and it seems nice to have a flexible number like that. I, I think so. We we as a group have found that that has served us, served us well. It's allowed us quite a variety of rep, and we've enjoyed that. And and yeah, variety is the word. We're going to hear more about that late later. Where you're what you're playing for us now is sort of cream of the crop classical sure. stuff, and, and we're excited to hear some more of that too. I do want to ask just about uh, what you do beyond. A performance. I've heard a little bit about outreach. Sure, sure. Um, so yeah, outreach is is a big part of the Tribeca Ensemble, um, and we were actually involved somewhat in some in in an outreach program actually in Cache Valley um, originally, where we uh, mentored students from the local high schools, and we actually uh, actually played in the high schools and then uh, coached those students. In, Exciting in small for them ensembles. to get to work with people they've heard perform. I. Well, we certainly enjoy it as, as a group. We enjoy having that uh, benefit, and so we, we want to try and provide that to others. Good. Well, tell me about this next piece we'll hear. It's another Prelude and Fugue by Beethoven. But Correct. How, is, how does this differ from the last? Well, you know, it's these. These are both um, from the Hess. These are both Hess quartets. He wrote three, actually, and they're all they're all less known. So this is actually it's it's quite similar in in the sense that they were both written in Beethoven's early periods, um, in his I think mid twenties, actually. Um, it's about the same age as you guys. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so um, another another Prelude and Fugue, like you said, this one's in C major, um, Hess thirty one, and just again focusing on kind of the counterpoint era. I think Beethoven was studying with Haydn at that point in time. Yeah, once that fugue started, I was just picturing that it's like doing Sudoku. Sudoku, yeah. Sudoku, help me. Is it su- Sudoku? Is that? <laughs> it's, it's like doing one of those numerical puzzles. Uh, yeah. Times ten. Exactly. I think. Exactly. Well, let's hear this next piece. We'll let you take your place. I've been speaking with Katie Bradford, violist with the Tribeca Ensemble. They're going to give us lots of great music in the rest of this performance. Right now, as she mentioned, Hess thirty-one, Prelude and Fugue for String Quartet by Beethoven. Thank you. 
coming to you live from Studio 6 on Highway 89. We're listening to the Tribeca Ensemble. They've just performed a Beethoven String Quartet, Hess number 31 in C major, speaking with cellist Audrey Hudgens. Part of your work, Audrey, has to do with being a member of the Chamber Music Research Quartet. This sounds very official. What is this? <laughs> uh, it's like a scholarship program from the school, and it's a quartet that looks to do a lot of outreach concerts and gives like the members in the quartet a lot of professional quartet experience, which we're really lucky to have great advisors from the Fry Street Quartet up at Utah State to like help us with that. I'm curious because you're all such excellent performers. You're used to performing on a stage where the lights are on, everyone's focused on you, but also when you're at something like a wedding or some mm-hmm. other event, you do such a variety of things. Does that feel very different being sort of the background element? Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a weird thing to balance, actually, because as an artist, you you want to be satisfied by like such great repertoire, and then you're playing somewhere over the rainbow, right? <laughs> and like these other pieces, and you are background music. But I think what I love so much about chamber music is that we get to be with friends, and we're making music with people we enjoy the company of. So, I mean, if nothing else, we still get that that same sort of fun experience. I was looking at some of the reviews of what you do and talk about your glowing reviews. (laughs) (laughs) People being very appreciative. Mm. Uh, So you're one of two cellists with us today, and we're going to hear a little bit from your colleague, Mira Larson, now. Tell us about the piece she's going to play, Appalachia Waltz for solo cello. This is by a contemporary composer. Yeah, mm, I honestly love this piece. I think it's really pretty. And I think Mira is such a good cellist. The piece is beautiful. And I think I'm going to let the music speak for itself. Okay, let's do that. Uh, We're going to hear the Appalachia Waltz for solo cello by a Grammy award-winning guitarist, mandolinist, and composer. He just does all kinds of stuff, Mark O'Connor. Thank you. 
This is Highway 89. You're listening to a live performance. We've just heard from cellist Mira Larson. She's part of this ensemble, the Tribeca Ensemble. She performed Mark O'Connor's Appalachia Waltz for solo cello. Mira Larson, thank you for playing. That's just a beautiful piece. And is it typical to have that many double stops through a piece? My pleasure. Thank you for having us. It's not exactly typical in our classical idiom, but in the folk idiom, it's absolutely a mainstay of the style. Sometimes it's almost like an open drone string, but other times you're playing two notes all the time. What do you think about when when you're creating the mood of that piece? Well, I think this piece is really very special, and it's special to me. I first heard it as a child performed by Yo-Yo Ma um, on a recording, and it just it spoke to me so much then, and it continues to speak to me now. And I think for me what's special about this piece is that it, it has this quality of... of something that's much greater than us, which is, I think, something that we all look for in music. Mm. But it also is just so human and is so soulful, and I really enjoy that that mix of both of those elements. Yeah, soulful. I love that. I was picturing the Smoky Mountains and, and mist and kind of a longing for, for something. I don't know what exactly. Beautifully done. This is true of the whole group, but it's also true of you. Tell us about the role that the philanthropic work you do plays in the group and your own life as a musician. Absolutely. Um, this piece that you just heard actually is one that I chose to perform on our Music for Food benefit concert in January. Music for Food is an organization that I personally have worked with since 2015, organizing concerts first in Chicago and then here in Salt Lake. Mm. And when I brought up this organization, which is actually a Boston-based organization, which was founded by the renowned violist Kim Kashkashian. When I brought up this organization and this idea of doing a Music for Food concert with my colleagues in the Tribeca Ensemble, everybody was just totally on board. It became clear that it's something that we all really wanted to mm. make a big effort to um, to do, and it was really successful. So in January, we were able to raise enough donations in money and food to provide an estimated 2,500 meals for people in need. Nice. This next piece is for two violins and viola. A serenade Spitzweg, or I've been told Spitzweg, which sounds much more charming. Uh, let's hear this performance. Uh, two violins and viola music by Ernst Toch.
This is Highway 89, and we are listening to the Tribeca Ensemble. We've heard a configuration, a serenade for two violins and viola Spitzweg, music by Ernst Toch, who lived till 1964, Austrian composer of classical music and film scores as well. We're going to talk just a little bit with Jesse Massey, who is a violinist. Jesse, it was mentioned earlier that you sort of had this idea that you could expand and have a larger ensemble. What, what did you want to accomplish by doing that? Sure. Well, you know, I think there, when I, when I first came up with this idea, um, which happened to be in the Tribeca district in New York, hence the name. There we go. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, when I first came up with this idea, um, it was sort of in thinking about the, the Utah musical, you know, classical music scene and sort of this niche that was not being filled by, you know, young musicians coming together and performing and doing concerts around around the state and around the, the country and uh, eventually internationally as well. And I, I just kind of felt like jumping into that for the state of Utah was um, a good idea and pairing that with outreach was also um, a really effective idea as well. And as we've already seen just from what we've heard today, it's really interesting to hear the different combinations of instruments. We just heard two, two violins and a viola. We heard solo cello. We're hearing string quartets. Was that part of the plan from the beginning, to be able to do all those different kinds of... It was, yeah. Part of the reason we um, decided to organize in this way is, honestly, just on a day-to-day basis, um, scheduling is is a difficult thing. (laughs) So when you have one group uh, with four players and um, your repertoire is contingent on all four players, scheduling a concert like that becomes difficult. So having the ability to have six players and sort of play any number of ensemble pieces yeah. as a result of that uh, just it, it, it sounded really appealing we've heard some of the things that you're engaged in in addition to music some of the outreach tell me about the living composers artists initiative sure so the living composers it uh, excuse me living composers initiative was originally started in i believe 2015 and it was um, with a composer by the name of emma carden up in cache valley Katie and I's group at the time uh, was working with her to premiere her piece. She was a young high schooler, and I believe she's currently studying composition at uh, Vanderbilt University. So the idea of kind of plugging in and playing local compositions was was also kind of part of this overall idea that I, that I had originally, and working with Emma and working with the composers since then has been a really great experience. Yeah, so it's not just music from two centuries ago or one century ago. It's uh, from one year ago. Yeah, 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 that's that's very fresh. Yeah, very fresh. <laughs> now, you do have a concert coming up. Some of the music we've heard will be on that. To tell us where this will be. Sure. So this concert is going to be at St. Mary's Episcopal Church, uh, which is 50 West, 200 North, Provo, Utah, 84601. The concert is going to be on April 30th at 7 p.m. And like you said, a few of the pieces that we just played will actually be on the concert, as well as a number of other pieces by... Um, um, Nico Muli, Takamitsu, and Robert Schumann as well. Yeah, Nico Muli, I got to interview him when he was here with the Utah Symphony. Very oh, interesting very cool. music. Yeah. And St. Mary's, I love to go 
it's a nice venue acoustically it's nice it's also intimate so everybody who goes will definitely be able to have a good view of what you're doing there absolutely now introduce us to this next piece i know there's variety but to play a piece by the king of american surf guitar this is stretching the bounds just a little for my string quartet uh, <laughs> sure. uh, yeah. stereotype in my mind. So tell me about this piece. Well, I first found this piece, or heard this piece, I should say, off of uh, Katoa Ben's um, fiction album. This, they're, uh, they're a really great French quartet that does crossover stuff and uh, classical mm. uh, performances as well. Incredible group. But um, the first track on the CD is this arrangement of Miserlou, which kind of makes uh, makes an appearance in Pulp Fiction, Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction, as well as uh, Dick Dale's a really famous tune. Um, and originally, the tune for Miserlou was a Greek folk tune from a couple of, um, I think, millennia back, actually. So it's a pretty fantastic piece. It's it's a lot of fun to play for, for a string quartet. So. We'll let you take your place. We're going to hear this. I've just been speaking with Jesse Massey, a violinist with the Tribeca Ensemble. I think if you take a piece that's 2,000 years old and then run it through a surf guitar and then interpret it for a string quartet, you're getting a pretty good mix of all the music of humanity here. Thank you. 
the Tribeca Ensemble with Miserlou. What a delightful ending for our program today. What a pleasure to have music and conversation with the Tribeca Ensemble. Violist Katie Bradford, cellist Audrey Hudgens and Mira Larson, violinist Jesse Massey and Megumi Terry. You can find them on social media and at their website, www.tribecaensemble.com. If you just caught part of the show and would like to hear the beginning, listen again, or share it with a friend, you can do that. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org highway89. Also follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our student assistants are Victoria Khalil and Naomi Campbell. And our producer is Sam Payne. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. <laughs>